Kids, you can go on out with Miss Ashley. Well, go ahead and if you want to open your Bibles to Acts chapter nine, we're gonna we're gonna start in Acts chapter nine. Acts chapter nine and verse ten. Before I, I'll move here. <laughs> Sound system's going crazy today, so. It's good to be in His presence. Good to be back with y'all. Uh, missed you last week a little bit, at least. Uh, miss uh, being with the, the church family. Uh, but you know what? There's something amazing when you get together with with uh, with people from another place that you don't you don't know anybody. Uh, you really, the only person I knew there was, was my dad. And, uh, so we flew up to Rhinelander, Wisconsin. I know you all know where that is. Uh, Rhinelander is a huge, uh, metropolis of 8,000 people, uh, with townships around it that bring it to about 22,000. Uh, they have an airport there. Uh, Delta flies into there. They, it's required the FAA or whatever it is. Is that the flight people? The FAA uh, mandates that some airline has to service that airport. So they've got a couple flights in a day. But man, we just we jumped jumped in off the flight and hit the ground running. Um, we met an amazing brother in the Lord named John Bonson, who just like if you could imagine somebody from the North Woods of, of Wisconsin. This is what this guy looked like. Big old white beard, just looks like a good country guy. Could be a good Texan, uh, but just we hop in his truck and, and we just get going. And we meet his wife briefly and we drop her off. And then we stop at some uh, spirit-filled Anglican church where the, uh, whatever they call him there, it's not pastor. <laughs> Re- rector probably, Maybe. Maybe father, I don't know, honestly. Uh, anyway, I think no, it was father. We we met father, father Tim, and you know, just you know, this was the place, and uh, this was actually a meeting hall where full gospel businessmen's uh, when it first got started um, was having meetings and seeing the power of God fall. And it was in this building. It was not a church building at the time. It was just a a public meeting place. And uh, this gentleman's father, John Bonson's father, actually ministered with the founder of Full Gospel Businessmen's, which, if you, which is, do you, rem- do you know Greg or do you know Paul? Demas Shakarian. Okay, so the, he actually was there sometimes and they saw some amazing miracles. I mean, it was awesome. We just went in the sanctuary. It was just like the presence of God was there and John was like, Here's where I've seen all kinds of people delivered and saved and healed and all this stuff. And now Father Tim's here. And he says, we were at a meeting and I made Father Tim pray for all the sick people because Father Tim had been, kept telling me, I think God's calling me to a healing ministry. So John's kind of like this real hard-charging guy. And so he just says, he was at a meeting and just said, if you need healing, Father Tim's going to pray for you and you're all going to get healed. <laughs> and you know what? They all got healed. <laughs> So it was cool to hear those stories and just hear the history. Then we jumped back in the car. I mean, it was just like straight from the airport, you know. We're just, we're just going. Then we jump in the car. We hit a quick restaurant that was incredible. I won't tell you about that. It makes you hungry. But uh, 
we jumped, then we jumped into, went out to the upper peninsula of Michigan. Uh, there is an upper peninsula. I was telling people on Wednesday night, I didn't know there was a such thing as the upper peninsula of Michigan. I know they don't teach that in geography or something. I don't know. But it's a, the little sliver that goes above Wisconsin, I guess. So uh, we went up into Michigan, and there was a meeting that night with a Teen Challenge-style uh, Christian rehab center. And so my dad got to spoke. We got to minister to some of the guys and just pray with them. And then we jump back in the car, drive back to the campground, and get back as we're all falling asleep on the road, including the driver, John, <laughs> at 1130 at night, winding through the forest, the Northwoods Forest of Wisconsin. And then we went to see, you know, it was like, whoo. What a day. But man, it's just amazing to meet the people. Oh, I forgot to tell you. We stopped at this lady's house on the way to the meeting. Her name is Wanda. I'll probably never see her again except in heaven. But this, we got to go on. It was pretty cool. Uh, I hope you don't mind me just sharing a little bit like this. If you're bored, just go to sleep. There's a couple people already there. So, um, <laughs> you know, we, we went to her house and this is just John's normal routine. He said, God has only called me one, one place, and it's to minister at this mission. And it was originally in his hometown of Eagle River, which is in Wisconsin, but it moved to, I believe it's in the Iron Mountain area of, of Michigan. Um, he used to go once a week, but because it's about 60 miles away, he goes once a month and ministers to these men and women. At, I thought it was just be men, but it's, it's men and women at the center, and he's been doing this for like 40 years or something. Just so faithful and so consistent. He's like, it's the only thing God has sent me to do, but I keep doing it. And he always stops by Wanda's house because he says, we stop by Wanda's and we pray together and we talk and we talk about the, the, the testimony of the Lord and, and things happen and it gives us a barometer for the meeting that night. So we stop by Wanda's house and... Uh, He's always got somebody with him, just so you know. His father-in-law is with him normally, he, and he was with us too uh, at the time. And he, they told this story about how Wanda's husband, seven years ago, was sent home to die. He had hospice in his house, and they, they came together as they normally did to drop by their house and talk and pray. And out of the blue, uh, one of them declared, he's not going to die. <laughs> and the next day... He started to get up and walk, and then he just got stronger and stronger and stronger, and he had terminal cancer. He was sent home to die. I don't remember what kind it was, but it was a miracle, and he lived seven more years, and he just finally passed away last December, and just to hear the faithfulness of God, we prayed over her home. She was selling it. Anyway, you know, you just get into people's lives, and you're like, man, God's just doing some cool stuff. No matter where you go... There he is. He's already there working. It's, it's so, it was so uh, just refreshing and like just encouraging to see that. So we went to her house, then went to the meeting and fell asleep on the road on the way home. So uh, they fed us some like blueberry pie after the meeting too. It was really good. So there's a lot of food there in Wisconsin. If, you're, if you think you're going to starve in Wisconsin, it's not true. But then we had a men's retreat gathering, which was, I'll show you a couple pictures because I want you to just share in the beauty here. Here's where our retreat center was uh there's can you turn off the lights a little bit god it'll give us a little you know there's a nice beautiful lake there's about a thousand lakes within just you know 10 miles of wisconsin it's just a land of a thousand lakes just like minnesota or whatever so you know there's this huge place you can go walk and go uh, there's the next picture here 
So the first Friday we just spent in prayer and isolation. You're just supposed to spend time with God, you know, just hang out with Him. So, you know, you go through the things we don't have, like a forest. You know, I told Evan, I'm in a forest. And he's probably like, I don't know what that is. You know, <laughs> what is that? I, he kind of knows. So there's that. You can go to the next one. Uh, you know, there's, there's the, the center. My dad was the speaker. Uh, he ministered uh, four sessions, you know, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night. Uh, is there one more picture? I think this is the one for... Uh, there's, there's another picture of the woods. See the, you can see the colors a little bit, Edie. A little bit of the colors. It was just starting to change, the fall colors. Is there one more or is that it? That's it. Okay, I couldn't remember what I put on there. That's not the best one, but uh, I will try to get a better one for you, Edie. So that was for Edie. Try to show the colors. But man, just, just amazing country. But the, but the people were amazing too. We were at the Foursquare. Um, you can turn the lights back on. <laughs> You can, <laughs> I'm in the dark. Uh, you know, it was a four-square men's retreat. And the way they, they've been doing this for like 25 years. And it's churches from all over Wisconsin. So we were in the north woods of Wisconsin. I'm going to give you a little geography lesson. So Green Bay is about three-hour drive. Milwaukee, a little bit farther than that. There's Madison, Wisconsin. There's some place called Oshkosh, uh, you know, there's all kinds of different places I never heard of. People came from all over. I'd say there's, I don't know, 12 churches that came, four square churches that sent men that were represented there. There may have been more. Um, they've been doing this for 25 years. And here's the amazing thing. I met so many guys there who this was, this was a, such a, a, a huge priority in their lives to get away, to get with God, and then to get with other men and to be in the presence of God that they're like, I mark this on my calendar every year. I mean, I met so many of them. That I've been coming for 15 years. I've been coming for 20 years. I've been coming for 10 years. You know, I've been, you know I, I come here every year. It's like I tell my secretaries or my, my workplace, I won't be here. I am not available these dates. It's not an option. And so it's cool to see that how much they valued this time, but it's because things, are, things happen when they get together. You know, we saw the presence of the Lord do some amazing things. There's some amazing healings. Uh, last year, this wasn't this year, last year there was a young kid about 19 years old and his arm grew out three inches. Like they literally prayed for him and watched his arm grow out. And you know what happened with that young man? He started praying for people. He started praying for people and he's been seeing other people get healed because his faith is lifted. He believes God for healing. Uh, so we saw... Quite a few healings, none as dramatic as that. A lot of knees, not a lot of backs, a lot of, uh, lot, of, lot of hearts. Really, God was really messing with the hearts of the guys. And after every session, what we would do is you'd break up into a small group of guys and you'd share together every time. There, you know, there wasn't always an altar time. There was sometimes. But every time you'd break up into these guys. And I got put with a group of guys that I'd never met, that I'd never known before, that I may not ever meet again. But I can tell you in just a few days, with us opening our lives to each other, I love those guys. And they even love me. <laughs> you know, and I went with probably a little bit more open heart than just the normal guest. You know, I'm, I'm going trying to open my life and knowing I can trust these guys. Not everyone can just jump in like that. Um, but... They, they do this all the time. It's, it's part of the power of their ministry is the community and the relationship that they have with one another. Man, these guys have known each other for a while and they're speaking into their lives. I mean, we're praying over this one guy who's, you know, who's, uh, 
He's just been married just a couple years and he has a stepson. He's trying to connect with his son. And this is like a stoic guy. This is like a, a real... They're, they're not very expressive there. Like in Wisconsin, they're, just, they're pretty like... You don't know what's... It's almost kind of like Poland. I don't know if it's the cold. Like when you preach in Poland, you feel like you're preaching to the dead. I'm, I'm serious. You can ask anybody. You can ask uh, Gary or Pastor... You know, anybody that you don't see anymore here. Um, <laughs> but it was the same thing. They're not responsive. So this guy was a real... Lo- he was low-key for Wisconsin. Just real... But, you know, he began to talk about this and began to open up his life. We began to pray for him. You know, we're just praying for, you know, we were like, man, the Holy Spirit's doing something in you. He's stirring something in you to connect with this, with this stepson, you know. And so I was just praying with him and just praying that, that he would love him like his own son. You know, and you can see when we were done praying, you know, the guy was probably as crying as he gets. He had little tears in his eyes, you know. He wasn't, he wasn't really crying, but his eyes were a little wet, okay. But he's being touched by the Lord. And so... It's so awesome to get away and get with God, get with other people. Uh, I, I felt like family up there. I wish, I mean, there's somebody that said, man, I want to go with you. And so I was like, man, I don't know. It's, you know, it's kind of expensive to go up there. But, uh, and thankfully, my dad paid for it for me. But if you all want to go next year, I mean, we're out in the woods. You know, there's all kinds of fun stuff. But all, the presence of the Lord was there. It was just an awesome time. And so... Um, Anyway, I wanted to share a little bit with you. I've talked with some of you. Some of you are on repeat. You're like, I've already seen two times, so I'm hearing the same stories. Uh, but uh, God, God's up to some good things there. Um, so let's look at Acts. You know, one of the most important things we did this weekend as men, last weekend, was to hear God. And this is a story about somebody uh, hearing the Lord speak to him. And this is the account of uh, Saul when Saul was persecuting the church. So he's totally against everybody that belongs to Jesus. And he's been persecuting them. And then he meets Jesus on the road. He sees the bright light. And is, he's, he's changed. He has an encounter with God. And his life has changed. But he's blinded. And so that's where we pick it up right here. It says in verse 10, it says, In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he's done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he's come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call in your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. And placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. 
So here it is, this guy named Ananias. And, and this is one, just one point I want to get to you. This is the only place this guy shows up. This is it. We don't know anything about him other than he's in Damascus, he lived there, and that he's a disciple. That's all we know. But God chose to use this unknown, just regular guy, just this disciple that was in the city. And it says he called this guy to lead Saul to become Paul, basically, in other words. And I love how he gets there. You know, he he argues with God a little bit because Saul has been killing people. You have to remember this is, you know, this is like showing up. You've heard about the stuff going on in the Middle East, you know, all the persecution and the killings of Christians. This is like God calling you to go to the head guy who's killing people and say, go pray for him. I mean, that's how serious this was. I mean, that's why Ananias was going, wait a second, God, this is the, this is the guy that's been killing all the Christians. And all, he, all God says is go. <laughs> he, doesn't give, he doesn't say he's saved. He doesn't say anything. He's like, look, go. I've told you to go. He's, he, I've chosen him. Go. And when Ananias gets there, I, I, I just noticed it as I read it. Notice what he says in, in his prayer when he lays hands on him. He says, Brother Saul. So before he got there, he said, look, I'm, gonna, I'm receiving this guy on God, in God's family. I'm going to believe that he's a brother of mine. So before he, the first word out of his mouth was a confirmation that he had believed God, that what God has spoken to him, he said, I'm in. I'm in, God. And the rest is history. You know, Paul writes half the New Testament leads half the world to Jesus at the time, you know, plants churches. You know, if it wasn't for Paul, you know, it would have been a lot slower uh, for the spread of the gospel. Yeah, God could have used somebody else. I know we always think that, but God chose to use Saul, Paul, Saul who became Paul, so that's who had to do it. Notice that it says that, that Saul, how about I just call him Paul so I don't get confused. Paul, <laughs> notice it says he had a vision of a man named Ananias coming to see him. You know, sometimes God calls us to things, and we can be like, oh, man, I'm just going to let that go. I'm going to let that go. But there might be somebody who's waiting for your name. <laughs> they might be waiting for you to show up. It didn't say they're just, you know, wait here and pray, and somebody's going to come pray for you. No, it says he had a vision that says, there's a guy named Ananias coming to pray for you. That's the one right there that has to pray for you. So when God calls Ananias, it's him or no one else. He's got to find another Ananias. It's so important for us to hear the Lord. Man, I'm, I mean, think about this. How many of you can clearly say, and don't raise your hands because I don't want to get us embarrassed, but, but just think about this right now. What have you heard from the Lord this past week? Have you heard anything? Or have you heard a lot? You might be like, oh, I can't think of all that. You know, there's, there's probably the gamut in this room. There's probably some of us who this last week, whether it's our fault or the fault of life, well, it's never really life's fault, but, you know, we haven't heard nothing from God. 
You know, we can sometimes get, get in that place where we're just going through life. You know, have I, have I heard from God this week? Have I heard from God today? I mean, because that's, that's, that's what the Christian life is all about. That's why God could go to a disciple named Ananias because he was listening. He was at least open. He was open to God speaking to him. Now, he didn't like what he said. I'm not guaranteeing you're going to like the things that God is telling you. You know, sometimes I'm not hearing God. You know why? Because I have, I have put a box around what I want to hear from Him. It's like, God, I'm, I'm asking you to speak to me about this thing right here. <laughs> and He's like, well, <laughs> I'm not talking about that right now. <laughs> so that's why it sounds really quiet. It's like, God, how come you're not talking to me? God, where are you? What's going on? Well, I'm trying to share about this over here, but you're so focused on this, you can't hear me mention this here. You know, Ananias was a man who was, who was open to the Lord. We, we've got to hear from God. We've got to hear from God, people of God. It says, my sheep hear my voice. And this isn't even really a sermon. But, you know, we need to hear from God. We're, we need to hear from God at least daily. If I'm not hearing from God daily, there's something wrong. And don't, don't beat yourself up. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying this to condemn us. I'm saying just to have an honest evaluation. What's going on, Lord? If I'm not in communion with you, if I'm not in a relationship with you, how am I going to share anything? How am I going to know? Because we're the ones that are sent into the world. We're the ones that... I am the light of the world. You're the light of the world. Jesus said, it's you now. I'm gone. I'm not on the earth anymore. I'm on the earth through you by my spirit. So if the lights are not listening to the light director, the light isn't going where it needs to go. So I need, I need to hear from God. And here's the thing. I think it's encouraging. I think God chose Ananias as a nobody to know that, hey, God is calling some of us. Sometimes the littlest things are huge. Some of the things we do that we think are no big deal, they make a huge difference in the kingdom. They make a huge difference for eternity. I mean, Jesus says, even a cup of cold water given in my name, that person will not, not lose their reward. They'll get a reward. I mean, think about how simple that is. How simple is it to give somebody a cup of cold water when, they, when they're thirsty? I mean, Jesus is saying, every act of good I will remember, and you're going to get rewarded for. There's a, there's a scripture, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I want you to turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I know some of you are waiting for me on the screen, but go ahead and turn in your Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And Paul is here talking... Uh, he's been talking about the judgment in chapter 3. He's like, hey, all the work that we do is going to be tested by fire. So there's, again, we've got to remember, this is, this is not a judgment of salvation. This is a judgment on, on good works. So there is a judgment on good works. But it's, it, it doesn't, it's not about whether you're saved or not saved. That's where people get confused. You know, you're not going to get to heaven. Have you ever heard this? You know, you're going to get to heaven and you kind of, you're kind of scared because, you, you know, you don't know if they're going to play the movie of all the bad things you did, you know. It's going to be on the video screen like, all right, who's up? 
Well, let's do Greg Long. All right. Everybody sit down and grab some popcorn because we're going to watch Greg Long's life for a while. <laughs> oh, that one was bad. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe that? <laughs> and we're all, ooh, yeah. that's not going to happen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's only going to happen for Caleb. <laughs> No, it's not going to happen for Caleb. It's not going to happen for any of us because all our sins are washed away. Grace has covered us. So when we stand before God, we have nothing to be afraid of. So it's, it's, we don't need to, you know, there's not going to be this like, you know, you, you just sneak into heaven. You, you, some of us are going to come in kind of all like, oh, I made it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> they, they must have not played the tape, you know. No, because, look, it says that the grace has covered all that. That was one of the focuses of the weekend, so I'm probably preaching it. You know, the grace, look, it's covered. It, it's, that's, that's not an issue for us as a believer. You know, we, we're, we're in right standing with God. If you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're in right standing with God. He looks at you and sees Jesus. He looks at you and sees you perfect. That's incredible. I mean, can you imagine we come to God? It says He... He moves our, he casts our sins and remembers them no more and removes them as far as the east is from the west. And we come to God when we've done that thing again that we shouldn't have done and we did it again. We talked to our wife that way or whatever it was or we said a swear word or whatever your issue is. And we go, I'm sorry, God, I did it again. And he says, what? He says, what? Because if God really forgets our sins... He's not going to know what you did again. <laughs> How does God do that? I don't know. I'm not here trying to say that I have that, that. That doesn't make sense in my mind. How can the one who knows everything choose to forget something? I don't know. But it says, you know, and sin is not cumulative. That's from my dad. I'm just going to tell you that. Sin is not cumulative. In other words, it's not being built up on us. It's not like, man, you've now done that 50 times. You're like, holy Cow, Shane, can you just not get it right? I mean, sometimes that's how we treat ourselves. We come to God and we're like, God, I've done it like 50 times now. Can, I'm, I'm so sorry. And he's like, what? I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. I don't remember that. See, grace is so amazing. It's, it, it's, it's so awesome. I mean, it, you know, the thing we're going to be judged for it's, it's not sin. It's what we've done. And it says there are going to be some things that are burned up. In other words, there's some things I'm still doing that aren't worth anything. It says wood, hay, and stubble is going to burn up like fire, but it says the precious stones will remain. But that ends the chapter 3, and then it begins the chapter 4. And he's, uh, in verse 5, I want you to notice this first. It says, Therefore... Judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait till the Lord comes. And this is, this is the part we always focus on, this next part of this verse. And he will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. You get that? That's kind of a scary sounding verse, right? <laughs> but look at, the, look at the part. Look at what happens next. It's so amazing. At that time, each will receive his praise from God. Think about that. 
There's all the, there's the fire. It's 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 burning up the stuff I've done. That's that's worthless. Now we're not talking about sin here, because this is not you know because the sin issue is dealt with with a believer. I'm not saying we don't need to confess and you know all those things. I'm just saying. As far as our standing with God is, it's not an issue anymore. God's still working us out in this world, but in the view of heaven, we're perfect. But it says, this, this, this is all going to be brought to light. The fire is going to be going. And it says, at that time, each will receive his praise from God. God's going to give praise to things we've done. That's what it says right there. Does that, that sounds wrong, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound wrong to you? But it says, each will receive his praise from God. I mean, what? But think about this. We all, we all want to hear this when we get there, right? Well done, good and faithful servant. What is that? That's praise. That's encouragement. That's us. You know, it's, it's not worship. It doesn't say God's going to worship us. No, it says he's going to praise us. Well done. Great job. Look at what you did. You know, because every good thing we do counts. Every good thing we do matters. Think about this. Ananias may have not done all kinds of stuff, but man, he was the first person there to place his hands on Saul who became Paul and pray for him and lead him to be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. Man, think about that. At this time, what happens when Ananias steps up and all his, you know, all the worth of stuff burn up? There's going to be some amazing rubies, some amazing precious gems that comes up, and God's going to say, "Well done. That's amazing. Look at what you did. Look at the good that you did." Because every good thing we do does matter. That's what we need to hear from God. Because he's got good works for us that he prepared for us in advance to do. There, there's stuff for us to do. There's, there's good things that he wants to release through us. You know, and it doesn't have to be huge. It can be as small as a cup of cold water. It can be a kind word. You know, there's, there's going to be all kinds of things. I think we're going to be amazed at how many things that we did as believers that are going to be praised on that day. You know, we sell ourselves short sometimes. And sometimes, you know, we get, you know, we, we, we need the perspective of eternity because the perspective of eternity makes me keep doing some of these things. Sometimes you're like, am I wasting my time with some people, right? You've been doing stuff with people and you're like, is this doing any good? Is this a waste of my time? Why do I keep praying this prayer? Why do I keep meeting with this person? Why do I keep listening to them? Why do I keep doing this or that? Why do I keep, you know, why am I doing all this good? Why, is it even worth it? But the perspective of eternity gives me the proper perspective. No, it's, it's worth it. Man, getting praise from God is worth it. When we, hear that, when we hear that phrase on that day, well done, some of you in here, you don't even think you have a shot at hearing that. Some of you in here are selling yourself short. And the longer you keep believing that, the longer you're going to go through life like this, spiritually. Hey, let's, let's, let's be lifted up here. Let's be lifted up and say, you know what? I may just be Ananias. I may just be an Ananias. No, but, no big deal. Doesn't even, you know, no one knows anything about me. 
But God is calling me to do some things. It might not be as scary as this one. Who doesn't want as scary as thing as to go to a terrorist killer and pray for him? I mean, that's what, that's what Paul was. He was a terrorist killer. That's <laughs> exactly what he was. We're, most of us aren't going to be called in that situation, but God's going to give us a nudge. God's going to give us something and say, hey, you go. And it's got your name on it. It's got your name. Sometimes you're, oh, no, somebody else. No, no, it's got your name on it. Ananias had his name on this, on this trophy, this praise unto God, this good work. There's a the story from a book that I've heard that I'm going to start reading. Uh, and I stole this from my dad, too. So, I, you know, if you hear something good preached over the weekend, you steal a few of them. So uh, it ties into this. Uh, but there's a there's a book called Room of Marvels, okay? And uh, you, you've read it? I think you probably gave it. To, did you give it to my wife? Maybe somebody gave it to my wife. I think, or she bought. I think somebody gave it to us. It probably was you, Terry. So look, boom, well done. <clears throat> so the the idea of this book is it deals with grief, and I haven't read it yet, but I have got this this one story. But it's basically a trip to heaven. It's fictional, okay? So remember, this is. This is just a, a one person's interpretation of how this could happen. Okay, so I'm not preaching this as Bible truth. I'm saying this is an illustration. But you know, there's this guy that goes to heaven, and he's in the he walks into the room of marbles, and basically this is the place where he's got on display some of the amazing things that God did through him. And he looks around the room, and there's all kinds of different stuff. But in one, <laughs> there's a baseball, and he's I don't know if he's with an angel or whoever, but he, he asks, you know, why is there a, why is there a baseball in heaven? <laughs> you know, that, I hope there's baseball in heaven. That's because I like it. But, you know, but, you know why, is there, why is there a baseball? You know, I'm seeing all these amazing things in heaven. And he goes, you're going into the room of marbles, and there's a baseball there. Why is that here? And so there's this guy that begins to talk to him. And he says, you don't, you don't know me, do you? And he says, no, I don't. You don't, you don't remember what this baseball means. This baseball was caught in 1983 in Yankee Stadium on a home run. And he's still like, I don't, okay, great. <laughs> no, you don't understand what this means. Because remember, my name was, and we'll just say he's, you know, Jeff. I don't remember what the name is. You know, my name was, was Jeff. He's like, oh, yeah, I remember you. You were the mentally handicapped guy that worked with us. And he says, yeah, that's right. I was the hugest Yankees fan in the world. And you caught that ball in 1983 in Yankee Stadium. And we used to talk about the Yankees and stuff. You were the only person in my workplace, in that place, that even gave me any kind of kindness. And one day, as we talked about the Yankees, you gave me your home run ball from 1983 in the stands of Yankee Stadium. It was not a big deal to you, but it was a huge deal to me. And that one act of kindness changed my life because I knew somebody loved me and cared for me. You know, there's some things we do that we might think they're no big deal. 
But they count. They count. That's why we've got to have listening ears. That's why I'm just being encouraged in my own life to say, Lord, I don't want to go through life where I just go through the week and then it's like, have I heard from God? <laughs> have I heard anything from the Lord? Because you know, it's easy to do. You go through your week, you do your stuff. And I'm not talking about me. I, I hear from God for a message, but that's great. That's not hearing from God for my life or hearing from God for what he's calling me to do in other areas. That's, that's great. Sometimes I, I need to hear from God. Because there's things he's calling us to that are going to change people's lives. They may be as simple as a baseball. Now, are they really going to have baseballs in heaven? I don't know. This is just one interpretation of how the reward process, the praise from God could play out. I don't know if it happens like that or not. But this guy was standing in front of someone who made it to heaven because of his kindness. And he's now not handicapped in any way and is able to say, hey, that changed my life. One act of kindness, sometimes we don't know how it can change somebody's life. But every good thing counts. You know, it says in Acts 10, 38, it says, man, Jesus went around doing good and healing everyone who was under the power of the devil. It's up there. Healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. He went around doing good. Now, some of the things Jesus did, we think, man, that's too big for me. That's too, that's too amazing. But we, we've got to stop thinking like that because he lives in us by the Holy Spirit. And so I need to know that I am a son of God. I am a child of God, a daughter of God. That I have the same things that Jesus had. I have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead in me and with me. And that he's leading me to make a difference. So every good thing counts. Galatians 6, 9 says, don't grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. There's some of us who've been, maybe been sowing things for a long time. We've been, we've been you know, pressing in and we've been you know, serving this person or doing this thing or the situation over and over again. We're like, is this, am I wasting my time? And I'm just saying the, the word of the Lord to us today is let's not grow weary in doing good. We don't know the difference we're making. We don't, we don't see the perspective of eternity. You don't know the little nudges that God gives you, the little things where he speaks to your heart and says, hey, just go, go tell them you know, that you, you appreciate the way they worship on Sunday. Or you just appreciate the way they care for people. Or, hey, man, I, you just look like a great dad. Or I love the way you parent your kids. You know, you may think, oh, I don't need to go tell them that. That's no big deal. But there's sometimes, man, you need to hear those things. We, we need to hear those little encouragements, those little things of good. And you know what? There's so many times we do those things. Man, those are, those are the things that are going to last. Those are the things that are going to make it through the fire. Those are the precious good things that count forever. So don't sell yourself short and don't give up. And I want to close with, close with this. And it's on hearing God. And uh, we may... Talk more about that next week. But I encourage you, if you're having a hard time hearing God, you have to first believe the promise of God. It's this, that you can hear God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep listen to my voice. 
My sheep recognize my voice. That's different translations of the John 10, 27. In other words, you've got to believe that you're going to hear God. If, if you don't believe that you're going to hear God, you know what? You won't hear God. <laughs> because He's talking all the time. One of the things that unlocks hearing to God, I believe, is desire. Desire unlocks so many things with God. Why does He do it that way? Because He wants us close to Him. Why does God not talk really loudly? Like, so it's so easy, like everybody, eh, I just hear God all the time. He just speaks in an audible voice in my bedroom. I get in the room, hey, Corey, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing? God, good to see you. And it's so clear, no. You know why God does this? Why is He speaking the still, small voice? Because He wants us close to Him. When, you're, when you whisper, you have to draw in close to somebody. So God whispers because He's like, look, I want you close to me. I want, you to, I want you to move in closer. And that's the desire of our hearts when we desire God and we say, God, I, I want to hear you better. You know, there's that scripture in Jeremiah 29 that we all know and love, and I've used this before. You know, God has a hope and a future for us and a plan. I know the plans I have for you. And we love that verse, but we, we leave out the verses after which says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. In other words, our desire unlocks something in our relationship with God. So when I'm not, you know, sometimes we get so passive, you know, we're just, we're just okay with where we're at. You know, we're, we're okay to make it through. My life's not bad, you know. When our life gets desperate, then we start seeking, right? But why not when life is good? Why not when, hey, things are going okay, then I'm still going to say, you know what? Stir my desire, God, for me to hear your voice. Stir my desire to hear what you're, you're speaking into my heart. Stir my desire to hear from you in your word. That I don't just go on cruise control seeking God only from crisis to crisis. I mean, that's how we end up sometimes. Oh, man, I really need you now. Now we're seeking God. and then, Oh, it's all good. Oh! You know, I don't want to just be a... a a crisis God hearer. You know, I want to hear God just in Christ. I want to hear Him every day. I want to walk with Him. I mean, Greg talked about that a couple weeks ago. You know, just you not know, just walk with God. He, he lived His life with with God, and He was in a relationship. He was hearing from God. He was speaking to God and being spoken to. What a what a blessed life! And He was so close to God that God just said, "Come on up, man. You're not even going to die." Man, I want to I want to have that heart too. Amen, J.D., amen. So, Father, we just, we just ask right now that you would just open up our hearts, Lord. Play, if there's not hunger and desire in us, Lord, we ask that you would place that right now in our hearts. Holy Spirit, come and place that in our hearts. Stir our hearts so that we are not settling for second best in our life. Lord, stir our hearts so that our ears are attentive to you. Lord, we want to hear you when you're calling our name when you need our attention, when there is something with our name on it that you have for us to do. Holy Spirit, thank you for leading us into truth. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for giving us clarity, Lord. And thank you for encouraging us, Lord, that we can make a difference, Lord, that that we don't have to be some special minister. We don't have to be this amazing Christian. Lord, we just have to be a child that hears you say something to us. Lord, help us hear your voice even better. Lord, give us ears to hear. Give us ears to hear what you're saying to us, Holy Spirit. Speak to our hearts, God.
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, keep your hearers on this week. See what God does. That's why I encourage you. This week, let's just keep our, keep our listening ears on and see if some little things happen that might turn out to be big things for eternity. So be blessed. Home group is tonight. I encourage you. There's plenty of room. Everybody come join us at Caleb and Sarah's. Uh, it's going to be fun. So if you're not doing something tonight, join the home group. Come up here to meet. Uh, if you need prayer, come on up. Be blessed.